All right, friends, this is uh, Pastor Jung here at Faith Lutheran Church in Moorpark, California. Thanks for joining me this day um, as we continue on with our study in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, uh, verses 19 uh, to 27. And uh, today uh, we're going to talk about marriage. That's right, <laughs> marriage, uh, the gospel, and uh, the model to which God not only uh, 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 calls husbands and wives in their vocation, uh, to, to not only submit, but also to sacrifice, but ultimately uh, the picture of Christ and, and the church as he dies for his bride as a bridegroom. And this is, in so many different ways, the key to marriage, the gospel. Um, anyways, let's get at it. Let us pray. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. Bless us in your word. And guide us always uh, to humbly live um, in, your, in your commands. Lord, bless us this day, and, and as we discuss marriage, as we discuss the gospel, Lord, may this grant us uh, great edification as you continue to invigorate us in your study. Bless us and keep us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, today, Ephesians chapter 5. Um, Okay, I didn't have my mic with me. Sorry about that. So hopefully you heard me from an echo there earlier, but it's okay. Hopefully that went well with you, but we are back. Okay. Um, yes. All right. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, if you have your Bible out, uh, we are continuing on with a 19 um, and following... And here we see kind of the, the beginning of uh, the wives and husbands, uh, but it's also bookended, or it also begins, and I know we should have done this last week because this, um, what's it? Well, it does flow. It does. It does, right? Verse 19, uh, what does it say right there, St. Paul? He says, uh, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Right, so this is, uh, again, uh, do not be filled with wine. Don't be drunk with wine, we see in verse 18, in debauchery, but actually be filled with, holy, with the Holy Spirit, addressing each other with, with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Right? So again, um, as we talk about psalms and uh, hymns and spiritual songs, you know, whether it's uh, you know, at church, and again, this is something that's very important, is that why do we pick, and why are we very careful on which hymns that we pick? Uh, what is the point uh, of hymns? And at the end of the day, the point is to point you to Christ, right? That it is to point you to the concrete reassurance what Christ has done for you. And we always have to ask when we look at a hymn, where is that stated? Where is that written? Right? Again, you know, um, I'm not going to, I know in our Bible study, I, we kind of went really big on this, but it's very important that we take hymns very seriously. It's not a form of entertainment value. It's not a form of, oh, that sounds kind of rote or dirgy or, or traditional or old or whatever we might say. It's not as uplifting or as cheery. Um, but at the end of the day, 
we always have to ask, what is the, uh, what is the point of hymns? And that is always to take yourself out of the picture and put Christ in the picture completely. And, and that picture is of his death and resurrection. That is of your baptism. That is with all the gifts that God gives to you. And again, um, this is what uh, hymns are there for, to edify us. But also, in that edification, to point us to our faith, and which is Christ. And, and there we sing and, and give glory to God. And that's why the liturgy is so great. Because, you know, uh, people, people might say it's kind of rote and routine. But on the other hand... We are singing scripture. Um, I'm not quite sure what else is better than singing scripture. Um, and what a great thing that is uh, to do um, as, we, um, as we do uh, week in, week out um, uh, with the Kyrie. Um, uh, sometimes I know uh, with the Matins coming up with the Venite and, and uh, the Tadeum and, and um, the Sanctus um, and all, all these uh, different uh, ways to which we can. Um, what is it? We can sing uh, the scriptures and dwell upon and meditate upon the word um, in our hearts and minds. And what a great way to do that, right? And, and again, a, a reminder of how important these hymns are. You know, uh, for me, uh, used to be in the music thing I did for a while. Uh, words was very important to me. And so it is now. Words are very important. And in the realm of our being filled with the Spirit by these words of Christ in these hymns, there are responses, what? To give thanks, right? Now, what is giving thanks? It is a response of faith. That we give thanks for what He has done, right? Our response to what he has done, that is to die and rise, that is to forgive and give us life uh, um, and, and, and giving us that resurrection from the dead, our Lord does, uh, being the salvation for us. Um, this is why we give thanks, as it says in verse 20, always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right? And, and there we continue uh, to... Uh, to give thanks for all that he has done. And this is the response as we dwell upon the hymns and spiritual songs that point us to Jesus' death and resurrection, his cross and empty tomb. Right? That, we, that we dwell in the water and word that we sing in holy baptism as we rejoice in what God has given to us. There we uh, sing uh, the hymn 629, What is this bread? Right? Uh, 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 the communion hymn about the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, my favorite hymn that we sung last Sunday, The King of Love, My Shepherd Is, uh, hymn number 709, points to the good shepherd who lays his life down for the sheep, right? Um, or even, um, what's another uh, popular one that we sing in the hymns? The 849, which we're going to sing upcoming in the next couple of weeks, uh, Praise the One, um, who breaks the darkness, right? And, and again, this is all in the response of what Christ has done for us. Or chief of sinners, though I be, Jesus Christ, um, who died for me, right? Um, so many good hymns, right? Uh, in every season of the church year. And they all go back to Christ, right? They all go back to what he has done as he is the subject to the verb. And when we sing those songs, 
right? Those hymns, there we respond giving thanks to who he is as God the Father in everything that is in the name of Christ. And that is the pivot point now to verse 21 as we read it together, if you have it out here uh, for yourself. Um, Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Right? Submitting one another, this is very important. Submit, a very hot button topic. Uh, No one wants to submit in their flesh. Submit brings a very cringy thought in anyone's mind saying, no, I don't want to do that. I'm the king. I'm the power. I'm the authority. No one is, I'm not submitting to anyone. But when we think about and dwell upon uh, 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 giving thanks for who Jesus is, we very well know that it is because of the gospel that because of the word made flesh coming to us that here we see God to man. And here we see how the gospel works. And there we submit as we in our sin receive the gift of Christ. There we go on to submit to one another. And that's the key right here. I think St. Paul really does emphasize this point. Uh, The key root to submission is what? It's not about power. It's not about who is better or worse. It's not about what the world thinks submission is. But it's out of the gospel, out of the reverence for Christ. This is the root of your submission. That is very important to understand because it brings on a bigger picture in a sense of how we ought to submit to one another, right? Because our quick, our quick, uh, what is it? Our quick um, reaction to submission is it's about them. But rather, here we see out of reverence for Christ. Bigger picture stuff, big picture stuff. And and there in that submission, as we rightfully do in God's order, there we submit to one another as Christ has submitted to us. Christ came to this world and he submitted to the will of God. And there he died for the sins of the world, even though the world had betrayed him, even though the world had plotted his death, even the world uh, that has brought him to this cross there he submitted to the will of the Father. There he was bleeding like drops of blood and sweat um, at um, Gethsemane, uh, knowing the agony of what was to come. Yet Jesus went for it because his will be done, God's will be done. And there in the gospel, we are saved and rescued and forgiven. And thus, what happens? Yes, we are humbled and we submit to his word. Now, in that submission, we go to verse 22. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Now again, we see this arrow here. You see it right there. And when we look at this arrow, it's again that, that continual out of or as to, right? Very similar in a sense of what or how we are to submit. Now this is a, a, this is a verse that people quickly just jump off their seats to say, wait, what? Wives, submit to your husbands? I mean, this is taken in two different ways. Wives are kind of up in arms at times in a human way. Like, I'm not submitting to anyone, right? Husbands are like, yes, I can lord it over and I have the authority and power. And again, that's not the case in both ways. But rather in the order to which God has given to us. As to the Lord. In the book of Genesis... Uh, Adam was given the command. Adam was given the command 
to not eat from this tree. Adam, from the rib of Adam, came Eve, right? And when they did fall short in sin, what happens? Who does the Lord accost and ask the question? He goes to Adam, right? And there we see uh, the picture of of how the order of God is. Not in a sense of inferiority or inequality or I'm better than you or I have the power over you. No, it's rather this is how God has uh, uh, instilled the vocation of marriage, vocation of wife, vocation of husband, as to the Lord. Not according to man, but as to the Lord. Submission out of reverence for Christ, and that is reverence out of what he has done for us, giving thanks for all that he has done in this gospel from God to man, Jesus Christ. So when we talk about wives, submit to your own husbands, um, this is a picture of, of, of not uh, of, of what the world thinks submission is, but rather submitting to the Lord. We're submitting to our husbands as we do to the Lord, right? And don't worry, husbands, we're going to get to you. It's not like, ha, 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 right? They submit to us, right? That's, that's, that's true, but what does this submission look like? That's the key. And for those who aren't married yet, this is very important, right? This is your premarital, premarital 101. Those who are married, this is important too. This is a review on how you ought to view your neighbor and namely your husband, your wife, your spouse, right? So, uh, wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Now, okay, this is what wives ought to do. But remember, this submission is connected to this submission, which is connected to giving thanks for who Jesus is for us, the salvation for our souls, right? It's a bigger picture. It's not just to husband, but as to the Lord. That this is who, as a wife, you look at your husband and say, this is who the Lord has placed in my life to help and serve me, right? Not, this is Mike, he is my husband, and I scratch his back, he scratches mine. Very conditional, very, if you do that for me, I'll do this for you. Um, and we see a lot of struggles in marriage when it becomes very human, just human. And I, as I always tell people, these are two sinners coming together. How do you deal with two sinners coming together? Can you do that by your own feelings, by your own will, by your own energy? How does that stick together? And again, it's submitting as to the Lord, submitting to the gift that God has given to you. And this takes two people, right? I've seen it. When it's one or the other that is, in the, uh, that, that is uh, looking at the scripture faithfully, the other is, let's say, checked out, and it's just on two different pages. If both uh, people are checked out uh, with the word of God, then it's just a stalemate, right? And, and of course, no one is immune. Right. This this uh, this happens to all of us, indeed, in some way, shape or form. And this scripture really opens our eyes to what true marriage is all about. And that at the end of the day is as to the Lord out of the reverence of Christ. This is this, what goes out the window is our own human idea of what submission is, but rather to the order of the Lord. Because uh, now, husbands, as we look at verse 23, husband is the head of the wife. And right there, you'd be like, okay, 
great, right, as a human sinner, that I have the authority, I have the power, but yet not so fast, as Christ is the head of the church. Husbands, right, uh, in the same way as we see here, um, for the husband is the head of the church, or head of the sorry, not head of the church, for the husband, verse 23, is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself its savior. So uh, when we talk about husband is head of the wife, the comparison that St. Paul brings to us is as Christ is the head of the church. For the Ephesians, in their former pagan life, uh, I guarantee it was like a power trip. I guarantee it was a human endeavor. I'm better than you. I have the authority and power. Now, as children of light, it's a wholly different, different picture of what this vocation is all about. And that is... To be the head of wife as Christ is the head of the church. Now, what does it mean that Christ is the head of the church? It means that he died for his bride, the church. Right? So when we talk about submitting wives, the question is not just to, just to quickly react, but rather, what are you submitting to? That's the question. What are you submitting to? And you are submitting to the husband, who is the head, but as the head has the authority to sacrifice everything for you as Christ is the head of the church as to the Lord, right? And that's where the husband and wife, this is the marriage that is connected. And that connection is by way of the gospel. That connection is as to the Lord out of reverence for Christ. Don't you see, it's bigger than just two humans getting together, trying to figure it out, trying to work it out. And and yes, marriage is work. Marriage is hard work. A lot of communication, a lot of even even disagreements and arguments, right? Uh, But there in those moments, um, there we always go back to repentance and forgiveness. And we go back to out of the reverence for Christ and as to the Lord. And we see the bigger picture and say, this is who God has placed in my life. This is who, I'm, who, I'm, who I ought to love and serve as God has um, um, provided for me in my spouse. And in my vocation, this is what I am called to do. That's the crux of the problem here. In any marriage that is in a Cold War state or that is struggling or is that full of resentment or that he said, she said, if he did that better, our marriage would be better. If she did that better, our marriage would not be struggling right now. And it's this constant cat and mouse game of he said, she said, and it's always this uh, conflict as you're just kind of butting heads, wondering how to figure this out. But as we look at this scripture, it really enlightens us to what is really going on here as to the Lord. Right. This is um, it reminds you, of course, of the sixth commandment and what we ought to do. That is to live uh, what decent uh, sexual um, uh, purity, uh, to love and honor and uh, our husband and and wife uh, honor. Yeah, husband and wife honor one another. And here, uh, in the same way, it's a reminder of what our Lord has called us to do. It's a bigger picture thing, right? Um, and this is where we see conflict in marriage, is when one fails or both fail in their vocation. Um, one is lording it over, the other is obstinate. One is uh, obstinate as the one is trying to 
faithfully sacrifice. The other is submitting when the other is not, right? This is, this is the constant struggle of the human flesh of sin. And, and there we repent as the Lord. We go backwards and see verse 20 giving thanks. Who we are as Christ submitted for us, there we ought to also submit uh, to the one who has died for us. And, and there we continue to walk in his ways, in our vocation. And here he is bringing back the wives and the husbands. So this is a very important topic, I think, for all of our marriages, is to see it correctly, not only correctly, but faithfully in the Word of God. Right? Very important. Um, And when we do fall short, seek forgiveness from Christ, but also your neighbor, your spouse. Right? You know, friends here at Faith Moore Park, I know when you come up to communion, I, I always make it a point to commune you together if you are married. Why? Because this is what keeps you together. It is Christ who is the head of the church, um, who forgives you of all your sins. It is all about as to the Lord. This is what the picture of marriage is. And at the end of the day, uh, uh, we see verse 24 right here. Um, Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. So again, going back to wives, and we see um, that connection, that repetition uh, of wives submitting to husbands as, as the church submits to the Lord for all that he has done. But also in verse 25, it says right there, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So we see that also that connection from verse 23 to 25. 23 to 25 for husband, 22 to 24 for wife. And there we see the vocation. Husbands, love your wives. That is as, how do you love? As compared to Christ who loved the church. Now, can we do what Christ does? No, because his work is solely his work, and that is for our salvation. But that sacrificial love for one another is the call of the husband. You have the authority, husbands, to sacrifice everything for your wife. Right, And that is to love and care and serve, uh, be compassionate and charitable, uh, be there as the greatest servant of all for your wife and for your family. That's the call of husband. That as we look at our wives, uh, we are reminded of this text and we see this is what we are. We are the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. This is what the Lord has done for me. This is what the Lord Christ has done for me as a husband. That is to die for my sins, to sacrifice everything, to put everything on the line on that very cross at Calvary to, to be the death for me. And this is what St. Paul is saying. This is what I ought to do as well. As Christ died for his bride, the church, we ought to do the same for our wife. Now that, that brings out, you know, as I said earlier um, in my in Bible study, you know, this whole God to man and man to wife, we look at this, and especially this one, clearly it shows the, the order, uh, and people might say what? Well, that means man is above wife, right? Um, and Quickly, as we look at this diagram um, of the gospel, of course, in a nutshell, as Jesus comes to the world to die for man, it's not about, it's not about um, 
who is more powerful or who has the upper hand, but rather this is the direction to which, just like the gospel, man is to love his wife. So when we talk about submission, when we talk about above or below or who's better or who's worse or who has more power or who is weaker, um, I think the bigger point is how to love. And this is the direction God has instilled marriage. For man to love wife as Christ died for his bride, the church, and gave himself up for her. Right? Um, And that's the big picture here. Right? It's a lot. I think for husbands to see what is really happening. Husbands, this is where we man up. Right? This is where we see what we ought to get all the excuses away, all the human things away, we look at the scripture and say, repent, right? Just as Christ died for his bride, he dies for us. And there we proceed to look at our wives and say, this is who God has placed in my life to love and serve. It's a bigger picture thing. You know, we, we, we hear the stories of, uh, you know, uh, of, of adultery and of, of, all these uh, sins that happen, you know, uh, we hear the, the tragedy of, even sadly uh, and dangerously, of abuse. Um, um, but even more common, let's say it's just a, a marriage that is just cold and dreary and, you know, that bottle of resentment is so full that, nope, we're done. We're just here spinning the wheels. Um, no. We look at the picture of marriage and say, as to the Lord, forgiveness, repentance, forgiveness, Christ, gospel. Right? That your oneness is not found as separate bodies, but in one body, one in Christ. Galatians 3, neither Jew nor Gentile, neither male nor female, we are all one in Christ. We're thinking one body now in marriage, which I know we won't get to here, as St. Paul says in verse 28. But this is our view of marriage, right? Very important. Whether you're planning or looking forward to marriage or whether you're in marriage, you're newlyweds, you're 10 years in, 20 years in, 50 years in, 60 years in, whatever it may be, at the end of the day, it's why are we together and united? What is it about our marriage that, has, that continues to go strong? And at the end of the day, yes, all those attributes like, you know, we, have, we get along, we have good hobbies, We have good personalities. We love each other. All these things are great. But at the end of the day, St. Paul points to as to, out of, as, as, right? Compared to rooted in Christ Jesus. That's the key core of marriage. And it's outside of both people. And that is Jesus. At the end of the day, St. Paul in our text today, as we study the last couple of verses, here he shows the comparison of marriage and ultimately pointing to the gospel in a nutshell. Now we see in verse uh, 25 and following, husbands love your wives, comparative to as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Giving himself up. That's what husbands ought to do as Christ does. And Christ does this perfectly. 
right? He says right here that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish, right? Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now, the gospel in a nutshell is what? This is what Jesus does. He makes us holy. Uh, we see in uh, the high priest prayer in John, high priestly prayer in John 17, sanctify them in your truth, for your word is truth. Right? He sanctifies them. He sanctifies you by his body and blood. He sanctifies you by holy baptism. And there, as you are washed, you are in great splendor, without spot or blemish, and you are made holy. Right? This, is, this is the picture of Christ's work for us. And this is the glory of the gospel, as St. Paul uses marriage and the gospel in a very similar way, in what we ought to do as husband and wife, but also, ultimately, what Christ has perfected for us in his very work of the gospel as he dies for his bride, the church, right? It, it, it definitely does humble us, knowing full well that in our vocation, as we see it, we do fall short, but yet there we repent and trust and rest in the forgiveness of Christ as we confess our sins, and there we move along in this joy of what, covered by his blood, assured of our forgiveness, knowing that our names are written by his blood in the book of lives, in the table, as Luther would call it, the table of duties, uh, what, we are, uh, what we ought to do for our neighbor, and in the estate of marriage, what we ought to do with our eyes, out of reverence as to the Lord, as, 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 as and more as, right? Um, because it's always as. It's always comparative to. It's always in. It's always baptismal. It's always holy. It's always without spot or blemish. And that is Jesus. That is how we as or as we as to or out of proceed. It's our eyes on the ultimate love that was sacrificed for us by Christ Jesus. And through that love, 1 John 4, 19, we love because he first loved us, and there we ought to go. Not, not to prove, not to uh, earn our, our stamps or our stars with God, but rather because that he has finished and conquered sin and death by his very love already. Right? We're not trying to prove. We're living the forgiveness life. We're, we're living in the redemption right now. And there in our call, as to the Lord, covered by his blood, we proceed as husband and wife in the name of the Lord. That is the crux of the problem. Or that is, oh, I don't want to be a negative Nancy here, but uh, the, 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 the tension that we face. That's what's happening. Right? You really got to check yourself and say, for example, um, you know, if you're, you're, you're caught up in, in a marriage that is struggling and you're caught up in the problems that are at hand, of course, very important to communicate. But yet at the same time, you have to look in the mirror and say, um, you know, look at this verse here and say, am I submitting as God has called me to do in my marriage? Or am I being stubborn in my own flesh? Am I living by my own desires 
um, am, am I not living as to the Lord out of reverence of Christ? Do I see the tension there? Or am I being obstinate and stiff-necked as if I want marriage to be how I want it rather than what God has called and ordained in this estate of marriage, right? And that's the tension, you guys. It's the old Adam of the flesh trying to make this model of what marriage we desire it to be in our flesh rather than what God has instilled in us or has provided for us. And that goes for saying both wife and husband. It's all going back to the gospel. It's all going back to the model to which God works from God to man and here man to wife full of sacrificial love. Vastly different than what our fallen human sinful way uh, sees marriage, right? It's all gospel. It's all Jesus. It's all um, as the Lord, as our eyes are fixed on the author and perfecter of our faith, the great physician himself, Jesus Christ. So as, as we continue on here again, we, we see what Jesus has done for his bride, the church. And that church is you, the communion of saints. And there we are here. And there in this identity through the gospel, there we proceed uh, to love and serve. And in this case, it is the estate of marriage, husband and wife. Right. Remember, that's the key, friends, as to the Lord, as to the Lord, as, as, as out of compared to um, in the same way, because that's the that's the tension that we face. I want you to see that the next time you see your spouse. What do you see? Do you just see flesh and blood or do you see your own body? If you read on to verse 28, that's a very big. uh, What is it? light bulb moment for many people that that's my own body because we're not two separate entities, but we are one, one in Christ, one body unified in Christ. Is that true? Do I believe that? Is that how I view marriage? Hmm. And that's a question we need to ask ourselves time and time again as we continue to Rejoice in what God has given to us um, in marriage. And um, yeah, it's a bigger picture thing. I think that's a constant struggle, right? Uh, so, so, so quickly we just get caught up in the, in the human-to-human thing when in fact it's human-to-human, but what's overarching, that umbrella is what? As to the Lord, as to the Lord, as to the Lord. But we just want to take away that umbrella and just have this, this human thing when, it, when in fact it's, out of reverence to Christ, as to the Lord, as, as, as. And there uh, we continue to rest in his word. And, and that's the tension, friends. I want you to see that. And if you're struggling with that, talk to me. Um, um, if you are having questions about what this is all about, please um, ask me questions because I think all of us know exactly all the tensions that are at hand when it comes to marriage. So uh, blessings to you this day, and uh, we will check in next time. Um, And hopefully uh, this goes well with you. Marriage is great, right, compared to as Christ. Let us pray. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. Bless us, O Lord, in your forgiveness, knowing that you have sanctified us in your truth, that you have made us holy and you have washed us through the water and word of holy baptism, that you have presented us to God, holy without spot or blemish and wrinkle, Lord, in the same way, O Lord, bless us in our marriages and and lead us, O Lord, faithfully as we submit to your word, as we rest in your promises, 
continue to lead us in your love as you have called us um, in this state of marriage to love and serve one another. Bless us in your holy name. Grant us your wisdom. And also, O Lord, grant us your humility as we continue to live under your name. Lord, for all these things we are thankful. We pray this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, friends. Uh, God's blessings to you this day. Thank you for joining me. If you missed out on some of this, please go back. It's live and it will be archived very soon. Um, love you all. Praying for you all. And until next time, have a wonderful day. Um, and God bless you. Yes. Adios and goodbye. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.